the real goal here in any individual brand building is to add value. It's that simple. Add value, help with standards, help with open source projects, you know, try to contribute to, to nonprofit endeavors, give talks at B-sides, which is free. You don't get paid to do that, to try to, try to contribute in some way. And the brand comes later. Look, I didn't, I didn't do, do a lot of projects at OWASP right, to like build a brand. I do stuff at OWASP because it interests me and I think it's for good. Listening to the AnglefreeIT.com podcast. IT career and culture advice with a heavy dose of reality. And now your host, the guy who had to explain what salty culture meant to his grandma, Preston Kilburn. Hey there, navigators. So today we are joined by somebody I've known for a few years, and I talk a lot about getting out and meeting people and finding ninjas at meetups and, you know, finding your people and finding your tribe. So a few years ago, I joined OWASP in Denver and I went to this training about something that at the time I didn't think had, had zero bearing on what I did, well, not zero bearing, but very little bearing on what I did. And it was just one of the best trainings that I had ever been to. And it was about application security coding. And that is when I met our guest today, Jim Manico of Manicode Security, um, Secure Coding Education. And Jim goes around and teaches people how to code properly and not have exploits. So welcome to the show, Jim. Well, thank you for having me, Preston. Thank you for the kind introduction. Yeah, no worries. I, I'm excited to, to share you with my listeners. You've, uh, you've got a lot of really cool things to say. So, you know, in 30 seconds to a couple of minutes, tell us your origin story. How did you become Jim Manico? I teach people to securely code. Well, Preston, I, I began my career in, in 1997 as a Java programmer building websites. So I spent you know, most of my career straight up just as a computer programmer, primarily building websites and web services. And you know, I live in Hawaii. I met Stephen Northcutt. He, 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 he dragged me into the world of security, you know, as well as doing, doing more programming. And uh, from that point on, I've been a security professional. And you know, for the last for the last three years, three years or so, I've had my own company, where um, you know, we, we primarily teach software developers how to write secure code. And it's not just my job, Preston. It's a lot of fun. I love teaching. It's something I enjoy doing, and I'm very very grateful that I get to do it. I am excited that you're passionate about it. And I, you know, it's so interesting. I'm interviewing all these these high performers, and I definitely include you in that group, Jim. And um, tell me about just real quick while we're talking about, you know, your origin story, how did you decide, yeah, I want to go into business for myself and I, I want to teach people how to do this. Like how did that, what was your aha moment? 
Oh, it's it's something that I enjoy doing. And and when I first took a job at the Sands Institute, working again, working for Stephen Northcutt and other folks there, they, they gave me a chance to do some teaching. It's something I, I frankly just enjoy a lot. It's something that you know, my grandfather, my father are all college or high school professors or teachers in some way. It's in my blood. So, you know, I just, nice. once, I, once I got exposed to doing it, I, I knew I enjoyed it. I knew it was something that I wanted to do more of. And in, in some way or another, in the last 10 years, I've been doing teaching in a variety of different ways. And, and just as a side note, you know, when I say teacher, it really means I'm an eternal student because th this industry moves fast. Computer programming moves fast. There's a lot of new technologies I have to keep up on. So, you know, I'm a teacher slash student more than just a teacher, I would dare say. Definitely. All right, leaders. Pillar number four. You heard it here. Not first. This definitely, we talk about this one a lot. And just assuming that you know everything is not going to work out in IT. So, all right. So let's talk a little bit about, you are teaching people all the time. Um, and one thing that I see a lot and I hear a lot of people ask me um, is, hey, I'm interested in programming what should I learn? So, you know, you're teaching people how to code properly, but where, where do some of these people, like what, what should they look at when they're trying um, to decide how to program? Um, not necessarily program securely, but obviously, yes, that's one thing we want them to do. But when they're trying to decide, what, what do you tell people? Well, Folks who want to learn how to program, I, I recommend they either they focus on either building a website or they focus on building a mobile application for their first first go at it. And there's there's literally hundreds, if not thousands of different guides online to help you get started programming. The, I think the trick is to have at least some kind of reasonable, reasonable guide that can walk you through the initial steps of setting up your development environment, understanding the basics of coding, getting your first few apps going, you know, as little test apps to, to ensure that you have the basics all up and running. And, and it's also helpful to have a mentor that you can ask questions when you're stuck, but it, it's really all about doing it, right? It's about getting in there, getting your hands dirty with code, um, trying to get something to work that's important to you in some way, and, you know, I, 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 I find a lot of the online guides for computer programming. And again, there's a prolific number of free resources to help you learn how to program. And mm -hmm. again, pick the platform of your choice. Go through a setup guide to get your development environment going and get the first few, you know, first few lines of code and initial apps running and then go from there. That's, that's, it's about doing it in my experience. Okay. So, so say I'm a programmer and I'm, I'm just entering the field, right? So I have a little bit, you know, I got, I got some chops, but I'm not great. Where would you tell those people to focus their skill building? Like what are the things they need to know? Whew. You know, I, I, I like, you know, when, when I first started my career, I was, I was really asked to do a very specific part of the architecture and I got good at doing, you know, one specific thing. My recommendation is as early as possible, get exposed to all different parts of the software development stack. So get some exposure to building user interfaces. A lot of developers get that experience early on and then get experience in terms of building web services 
and connecting with data sources, understand how to talk to SQL, understand how to talk to MongoDB, understand how to design MongoDB and how to, how to design a SQL database. And, and being able to work in all these different tiers, both the data storage mechanism to your controller code at service level code to being able to do user interface stuff. Once you've had exposure to all of these areas and you as a developer can build an app, that entire stack on your own to some degree, that's, that's, the, that's the early goal that I, would, that I would ask of a developer. Be careful about getting pigeonholed into one language and one part of the architecture and one way of programming. You, you want to get more exposure to different parts of the stack and in my experience, that will help you in your career a great deal. Okay. That is awesome advice. I like it. So security-wise, obviously, now we, we would tell people to go to, you know, come, come get a, a training from you. But what are some things, you know, what are some resources that you can give to people um, to focus on that are programmer-centric? Yeah, there, there are a lot of good trainers in the market now, you know, and so that, that, that makes me happy. I'm not the only secure coding educator. There's a, a, a lot of different uh, organizations, big and small, who provide some kind of secure coding service. So, so uh, look, Preston, my, my, my call is not you must order my training. That's not cool. But I do think it's critical that you educate your developers you know, within your organization. I think, I think that's definitely important. Preston, what was the question again? Hit me up with that question one more time. So the question is, so, and, and, you know, I know you and I had talked about this at OWASP um, because hearing, you know, me joining OWASP, I was, you know, I was hard iron security guy. I was the pain in the ass for programmers. Right. And I honestly had never considered the other side of, well, I don't know what the hell you're doing in the firewall and I don't know why you're telling me to change this program. Um, and so it was really eye opening to me and that, you know, that was for me a personal aha moment. So I guess my question is what resources should programmers seek out? Um, you know, obviously a session with you, like I'm going to give you my stamp of approval because I know you're awesome, but say people can't do that. Like, are there, you know, organizations, you know, that you can plug that can at least direct people to find a good trainer or find, you know, some online courses or, or something like that? Yeah, you could sometimes, you could sometimes get decent training classes to B-sides for free. Uh, on the other end, you know, you have a, the conference circuit of a lot of different conferences that will offer a variety of different, uh, different security training classes. If you want to do secure coding training, I know that SANS offers secure coding classes to Gene Kim and others. I know that the OWASP Foundation offers lots of different secure coding classes. And I mean, just doing basic searching on this term, you're going to see lots of different conferences now are beginning to offer this. Like I, I used to go to Code Bash over on the on the East Coast. They have it's a it's a developer conference with a lot of security uh, security track and security offerings there as well. So so I'm, I don't care how you do it, but I think a good place to get started when you really want to learn about secure coding is drop into one of these many different sources to get to get a class, to get some kind of education on what secure coding is about. From there, once you've taken a class, I think reading, 
reading guides specific to that topic. Uh, if you're in the world of mobile, then go look at the different mobile security guides. From the OWASP Foundation, you have the Mobile Application Security Verification Standard, MASS, M-A-S-V-S, is a good read. And other, other documents in the OWASP Mobile Security Project are useful as well. For web applications, there's a lot of resources at OWASP. There's the there's the OWASP Cheat Sheet Series. There's the OWASP Top 10. There's the OWASP Top 10 Proactive Controls. And my favorite, I think that where this all should take you to, is the OWASP ASVS uh, uh, project. It's the Application Security Verification Standard. There's a lot of detail there, and it's it, it does and it's it's a lot of different security requirements to consume. I think the path to getting there to really understanding that is again take some kind of class on secure coding from a variety of different sources, look at the OWASP top 10, look at the OWASP top 10 proactive controls, get down to the OWASP ASVS, that's the application security verification standard. We're getting ready to release version 3.1 soon. These are the various things I think you should be doing and reading as a developer to, uh, to learn about secure coding. So let me ask you this question. Because I know I'm going to have this listener who's thinking in the back of their head, I want to do that. Why would you encourage people to do that? Because, I mean, it does sound like a lot of work, and it's, it's learning a new way of coding, a new way of thinking. Why should people do that? Well, but whether you like it or not, you're going to get forced to do it. You know, the, the, my, like, kind of like my, my phrase of the year is whether you admit to it know it or do it, you know, you're, you're a security engineer now. The, the work that we all do as developers has a direct impact on the security of organizations. So you can either be forced to learn about it or you can, or you can, you know, take the steps on your own as an engineer uh, to, to, learn, to learn some on your own as well. You know, these classes will point you in the right direction. Still need to do deeper study on your specific framework and the specific kind of problems that you're facing in your business logic of your application. So it's, it's something that you're going to get forced to do if you haven't already. Might as well be proactive about it. You know, I think as a developer over the course of my, my career spans 20 years. I'm, I'm an old man now. and uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I've been in this 20 years too. I don't feel that old, Jim. Come on, we're not that old. I don't, it's all right. So, um, but I'm forced to learn new things over and over and over again, right? So this is a job where... You, you must be in the mode of learning, I think, throughout your entire career. And if someone asked me, well, what should I be learning now, Jim? And I think security and secure coding is a great answer to that. Okay, nice. So, all right. I can speak pretty well to hardware and infrastructure, but I can't really speak to the development environment nearly as well as you can. So one thing that I see on Reddit and some other, you know, IT employment forums that I hang out in is, do I have to have a degree to do this? And what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it doesn't hurt. You know, okay. it's, it's, it's not going to hurt you to have a computer science degree. And it's going to be it's going to be an impediment if you don't have one, right? You're going to have to demonstrate other skills, other capability, um, where a college degree is often, at least for entry level positions, it helps you get a foot in the door. Once you go, once you start to have years and years of experience, the degree doesn't matter as much. But early on, when you're trying to get entry level jobs, it's it's going to matter. 
I don't, you yeah. know, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years. I don't even keep a resume anymore. After a while, you just, you know, you just, <laughs> you just do stuff and there's a lot, a lot of work out there. I, I, I believe those in the 20 to 30 year range of, of employment, there's just a lot of opportunity. So uh, the college degree is especially going to matter early on in your career. And it's, it's not necessary. A lot of smart people don't have a college degree, but it doesn't hurt any in your initial job hunts. Yeah. What do you, do you have any strong opinions on, you know, traditional four-year degrees versus like these new micro degree things that are popping up? I don't know much about micro degrees, but I, I don't, I, I think getting a four-year degree is, is not a bad idea. Heck, you, there's a lot of online options now if you're disciplined enough to do that. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pro in getting a degree. I'm pro in getting a degree. Okay. So, by, the same token, by the same token, you got to be able to do something. It's, it's a good idea to get an internship where you're doing the – specific to development, it's good to get an internship where you're, where you're you know, professionally doing the grind of maintaining or working on some piece of software. And hopefully, if, if – and this is, more, this is most important, Preston. If you want to be a professional programmer and you're going through your college degree as a computer scientist – my hope is you already have some project on the side where you've already, you already know how to build websites where or you already know you're already working on your mobile app to become some, some billionaire. You already know something about cryptocurrency apps and some cryptocurrency programming you've been working on. So my hope is that this is something that you're already into. You're already working on something. You're already maintaining some kind of application. So your college education is augmentative to that. When, when I see someone who, and their experience is only that they've done their schoolwork and they don't have any other projects on the side, that's concerning to me. Like, for example, when, when you're nearing the end of your education, I want to look at your GitHub repo and I want to see lots of things you worked on. If someone's graduating with a computer science degree and they have an empty GitHub repo or empty list of GitHub contributions, that's telling that they've done their schoolwork, but they're not like, they're not into it, right? They're not into it. So I, I, want, I, I want developers that are, that are into it, that are just, they're coders. And I should be able to see some results of your, of your degree than just a degree. I just need some code. Nice. So, you know, co- contributing to your community, to your, you know, whatever, <clears throat> whatever moves you, whatever... Um. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the right words for that, but yeah, I get what you're saying. So, all right. So you have interviewed. I imagine you have interviewed lots of people throughout the years. What are a couple of things that specifically programmers, you know, and people coming in for coding jobs do continuously that just shoots themselves in the foot and it baffles you that people don't know this? I mean, I mean, basic typos or uh, lack of, of demonstrating good English skills in their resume. You know, I'm not saying you have to have good skills in that area, but at least find someone who does to review your resume for you, <laughs> right? And I like accuracy on the resume and, and, and it, for a list of references, make it easy on me to contact people, demonstrate organization, accuracy, and, and, uh, and, clarity and communication in your resume when these things are missing it's usually a it's usually a bad sign especially for more senior positions um 
Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll stick with that. That's the big one right there, right? Okay. So be organized. So touch on something that 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 is a new one to me that I've never I, I haven't necessarily heard somebody say make it easy for me to contact your references. Um, expand on that a little bit for me because I'm sure that that comes from a real life experience. Like what what would you want to see as somebody hiring? for a position on a list of references? When someone hands me a list of references, I want like third grade reading comprehension, basic stuff there. Give me the phone number, email address, just make it easy. Don't make me have to like go dig into a doc to chase something down or, you know, don't have missing phone numbers or similar. So I have to go and chase down more information. Just make it easy. Give me a document. I'm going to make some phone calls. I'm going to check off a list to make sure I've called your references. It's good to make sure that the information you're providing is clean and organized. So these next steps to hire you, it may make it easy on me to hire you, right? If I have to read typos or a bad English in your resume, that makes it hard on me. That puts a wave of negativity, <laughs> you know, when I'm trying yeah. to hire you. If, if uh, you have a GitHub repo that's empty, that's, that's, that makes it hard for me to hire you. If you give me a, a list of references that are hard to contact in some way, makes it hard for me to hire you right okay okay so give me the for for somebody hiring or for somebody applying for a programming job what are the things they need to demonstrate to you within five minutes before you're like nope i'm gonna hit the nope button and go on to the next candidate i'll probably give more than five minutes that, that that's five minutes i mean people get nervous and they, they need some time to settle in. So I, I, I think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to buzz someone out in five minutes, then I'm probably not giving them a fair shake. So, okay. so I'll give, give them five minutes to warm up, give them some warm up time. Okay. But what are the things? What, I mean, we've talked about GitHub, right? But that, that would be something you do after the fact, like actually interviewing. What are some interview skills that you can that you can share like like basic communication skills would be good to demonstrate um okay that's the big one right there like uh i'm not i'm not sure what 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 more to say you know any kind of basic interview skills but that's the big one i look for i want to make sure someone has they might be a good programmer but being a computer scientist being a professional programmer is more than just having programming skills. It's a team sport. You have to have good communi- communication skill. So if I'm having real, real difficulty in an interview after five minutes over basic communication with a candidate, that's a bad sign, right? Mm-hmm. That's a bad sign. Totally, totally. So let's talk, let's talk about you for a little bit. Um, you are training people and doing stuff. Um, and we talked a little bit about how you decided to, you know, fork your own way and sort of, you know, uh, split and start your own company. Like, so what is that, what is that journey? What has it been and what does it look like for you to be your own sole proprietor? Well, I I enjoy doing it, but I've been, I've been on the road grinding 10 months out of the year more for, over five, six years now. So my, my career goals are, are is to do less and manage more is to bring on other trainers, 
and, you know, be able to manage a team of trainers. That's my, those are my career. I'd be able to be home more often. Those are my, my big career goals right now. I would have that career goal too. If I lived in Hawaii, Jim, I would want to be home more as well. <laughs> That's a beautiful place to be. I mean, home is always a beautiful place, no matter where it is, but especially when you live in Hawaii. Yeah, definitely. So, all right, let's talk about our industry a little bit because, you know, you, you've been doing this a, a few days. Tell me, tell me about some of the things that you see in our industry that are on, you know, on the verge of changing or need to change you know, diversity or, you know, include, inclusion, ageism, like what are some things that you would like to see changed? Well, you know, one, one of the questions that you have on the list here is, you know, how do you deal with the saltiness of our, of our teams? Right. And that's, mm-hmm. that, that implies, that implies a lot of the issues of inappropriate sexuality and sexual harassment in the workplace if you have a pulse and you've watched the news lately, you see that there's a, 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 a movement. So let, let, me, let me ask this. How do you deal with the saltiness on your team? Well, there's no tolerance for that. You know, the, the, the era where those, that kind of, the, the, area, the era of needing to bond with your coworkers with, with sexuality or sexual jokes is over. And, it's, and the, the, I think the era where you get away with sexual harassment as a man, which is a bad thing, don't get me wrong, you're not getting away with this anymore. This, this is over. So what we, what we need is straight up more respect for women and sexuality in the workplace. And I think that's, that's happening right before us. So you have a choice to behave properly or not. And I think in the past, when you behaved improperly, you got away with it. And I think today when you behave improperly, you're not getting away with it anymore. This is a good thing. This is a, a, a cultural change that's pretty prolific, and it's, and it's about time. When it comes to diver- diversity, that, that's a harder one for me to address, right? And so, I, of course, you want more diverse teams are effective, and more, more diverse teams build better products. How do you encourage diversity in this very white male industry? is an extreme challenge. I don't have a lot of good answers to it. And, and, and uh, but I do, I do recognize as an issue. I recognize as a problem and just to suffice to say, diverse teams do better on a lot of different levels. Diverse teams definitely do better, build better products, provide better services. And it's a critical part of, of, of having a good team, especially as you get larger. Yeah. The other thing you asked about is ageism. Like, Hey man, I'm 45. I'm getting old. I'm gray. Seriously. No joke. I'm, I'm not like a, a young kid out of school. I'm, I'm 20 years in my career with a lot of gray hair. And it's, it's hard to keep up. It's a lot of work. When I'm young and, and single and footloose and free, it's a lot easier to keep up. I, don't have, I have less responsibilities. When you get older, married, kids, business, whatever, you've, as I get older, I have more responsibility. It's harder to keep up. So I, I'm, and I, I, I don't know. I don't have any super wise words today about ageism other than, man, I feel like I'm getting old. And it's not easy to keep up with the young, the young kids as much as it used to. No, that. it's not. It's not. That is something that I experienced too. You know, I've got, you know, team members who are in their late 20s and I'm just like, 
Whoa, oh, slow down. I can't, <laughs> I can't, I can't hang with you. Hold on. Hold on. Explain that to me. I come again, son. I can't hear you. Um, but all right. So, you know, you, you've been doing this for a while. Let's talk about, you know, building the Jim Manico brand, right? So clearly you needed to, you know, build your brand a lot before you started your own business. How did you build the brand of you without being pompous? Like how did you manage that and what did that process look like? Wow, you already you already labeled me as not being pompous, so that's great. Well, I think there was some pompous parts. Tried to recognize that and, and not do it. And tried tried not to do it a lot. Everyone makes mistakes, but I, I think the real the, the real goal here in any individual brand building is to add value. It's that simple. Add value. Help with standards. Help with open source projects. You know, try to contribute to to nonprofit endeavors. Give talks at B sides, which is free. You don't get paid to do that. To try to try to contribute in some way, and the brand comes later. Look, I didn't I didn't do do a lot of projects at OWASP right, to like build a brand. I do stuff at OWASP because it interests me, and I think it's for good. And and I, I have time, right? I don't have kids. I have time on my hands to play, to, to work on these projects. And as a result of, of getting obsessed in all this OWASP stuff, a lot of good things happened, right? A lot of, uh, it, it, it did help me build a personal brand. Sure it did. But I, I'd like to think that that's because, not because of some marketing gimmick or because of some, you know, some Twitter service that I bought to advertise in a targeted way. I hope it's because I've added, added value and help people out in some way. So that's that's my... That's my recommendation. Don't focus on building your brand. Focus on contributing to the community, whether you're an individual, whether you're a small group, or whether you're a big company. And I think if you do the right thing, that the, the, the brand recognition comes later. It's a real simple, basic, you know, rainbows and unicorns kind of idea to some degree, I know. But, hey, it's, you know, it's worked for me. I'm going to keep doing this. I, and, you know, it's worked for other people. I, I mean, I've been interviewing people, you know, now for a few months and everybody pretty much says the same thing. Like, be cool to people, help out. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't have to, you know, hire some guru and like go on some, you know, LinkedIn binge and do all this crazy stuff. It's just yeah. get out there and meet people and be cool to them. <laughs> all so, all right. Um, Let's talk about thinking back, you've probably seen, you know, industry shifts, right? Um, changes in the way people program, changes in, you know, how, how and what, you know, stacks people have chosen to program in. Let's talk about a time when you saw the big picture and you knew stuff was going to change and people said you were nuts. If that's happened, if not, it's okay. When I began to build a training company, I, I, several folks had told me that it's a bubble. That's hard. To, it's going to be hard to have a whole career where you're just doing training. And it was, there's no, nobody was saying that in a mean way. That was just people's opinion about about the industry. Hey, I'm three years running, and you know, I'm and I'm still able to keep myself and a few others gainfully employed, primarily doing training, and so. That, I feel very grateful that I could pull that off, 
you know, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful industry to be in and uh, it's still working. And I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's not a bubble. I hope it stays not a bubble, but, but I, I think that's the, that's, that's probably the one, the one thing that I can think of, but uh, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I get to teach. It's something I enjoy and I, I hope I'm able to, to keep doing it for, you know, many years to come. Definitely. Definitely. So you are a leader and you're a high performer. How do you seek out mentorship and advice as a high performer? Cause this is, you know, I, I consult with people on the side about, you know, how do you, you know, continue career growth and not that I'm some end all and be all. I'm, not, I'm just usually willing to talk to people and, and hear them out and ask them questions so they can answer their own question. But um, how do you seek out mentorship and, you know, people to bounce ideas off of? Oh, always, at least uh, there's, there's people smarter than me. I, I, I was going to say there's always people smarter than you, right? So I'll speak for myself. There's definitely a lot of people smarter than me and, 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 you know, there's, there's wisdom to be held from, from the strangest of places. So, so, you know, I, 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 some people that I mentor are also, you know, they also provide mentorship back. You know, they, they may charge forward, study a certain technology. And in our conversations where I'm mentoring someone, you know, they, they provide mentorship back about a technology that they just studied and provided insights that I can use in my own profession in some way. So, I, 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 I'm not so worried about finding mentorship. I'm just, I just try to be in the process of reading and learning and, and being in conversations about these things I'm trying to learn about and, and be willing to you know, be willing to be in that learning process. Right. I, I, some of the people that I, that I look up to right now are folks on the OAuth standard body folks on the, um, on the W3C web security email list. Those are two two areas where the majority of people talking are levels way above my head, and I have tons to learn in these areas of really high end web security and really deep OAuth and OpenID Connect protocol type conversations. So hanging out on those two email lists is where I get a lot of I'll say where I where I get to learn about things that that I still have a lot to learn about. Nice. Nice. So let's talk about something that you said was, Hey, when I mentor people, they teach me stuff back. If somebody was to, you know, go out searching for mentorship, right. And I think that's super important. And I, I feel like somewhat it's talked about in it, but I feel like you need to have a mentor. You need to, you need to have mentors with an S. Um, but if somebody comes to you and says, Hey, would I, would you mentor me? And assuming that you had the time, what is something that you would want them to do as a mentee of you? Like, like what do you ask those people to do? I'll primarily read a lot, right? So someone wants to learn, of, uh, learn about, about secure coding and people have asked, can you, you know, can you mentor, mentor me on this topic? I'm like, absolutely. Start by going to read these two documents and, you know, write me a, write me a brief blog post or essay on what you read. And let's start there. And that weeds people out. People, I, I want you to read and write to help, to help solidify the basic 
core aspects to the knowledge of secure coding so we can have richer conversations. And you know, half, the, half the people who've asked for mentorship are not willing to read a document and write a blog post on it, and that, that weeds them out. And, and so, you know, mentorship is not where you're, where you're spoon-fed information. Mentorship is where you're doing work under the guidance of someone who has, who has seniority in, in a certain area and, and more. So th that's how I usually weed people out. People want mentorship, sure, but you have to work for it. It's, it's not something you're just, it's just magically given, right? There's work involved. Yeah. Got to put in the time. Got to do it. So I love it. So tell us, tell us more about you, more about Jim, about things that you are passionate about. And I'll ask you, I'll ask you one question. What's on your mind right now? And what are you sort of thinking about with our industry? Well, Preston, 2017, at least for me, was insanely busy. It, there was just a lot going on. A lot of crazy things happened, and there was there was no end to the amount of work that needed to be done, at least for me, in 2017. So by the end of 2017, I was just burnt out. And I know a lot of friends of mine who ended 2017 burnt out. Just too much work, too much going on, too much high-pressure incidents going on in, in all quarters. Too much stress involved. So at the end of 2017, I was, was not feeling well, Preston. I was just not, not into it. I was, I was burnt out. And as we start 2018, I had a chance to take a vacation, had a chance to get a lot of rest, a lot of sleep, and I'm just – I am ready to go. I am just ready to charge. So my thought is, wow, it's only been a few weeks, and I went from complete burnout, I'm over this, to – complete like rest and excitement. So I guess the, the, you know, <laughs> where am I going with this? 2018, I want to be able to keep that enthusiasm, right? I want to be able to, to be able to modulate my own activity so I can keep my own excitement and positivity up. There's too much of a good thing. And I, 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 want, to, I want to be able to say no to certain things in a, in a better way to have a more reasonable schedule so I can have a big smile on my face at the end of 2018. That's my thought of the day, Preston. That's, the, okay. that's my moment of, that's my moment of Zen. I like it, man. I'm going to check up. I'm going to, I'm going to get in touch with you in December and see if you're, how, if you have a big smile and I'm, I'm sure you will. You're a, you're a pretty awesome dude. So <clears throat> tell us a tool that you've talked about uh, the OWASP ASVS, but tell us about a tool or language or something cool that, you know, you wish people knew more about. All right. You want like a tool of the day, right? You want a tool of the day? Tool of the day. Something that people don't know. All right. Here's my, here's my random tool of the day, right? If you, it's been around for a while. But go take a look at Lemure, right? This is the, I'll probably pronounce it wrong, I'm sorry. Lemure Certificate Manager from Netflix. This is at GitHub slash Netflix slash L-E-M-U-R. Do you know how to pronounce Lemure? Lemur. Lemur. It is Lemur. I knew I, knew I was saying it wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's net, the Netflix Lemur project. This is like a certificate orchestration project. Suppose you have really? a bunch of web services that are doing mutual TLS in your organization and you have a bunch of webs, web applications that are doing HTTPS and you're managing certificates maybe from some of your 
business partners that, that have such client side certificates that you assign to them. Man, you got Preston, you got certificates everywhere. But Lemur is a like an orchestration open source framework to help you manage that problem across an organization. And it's just, and it's wicked cool because they've been working on it at Netflix for years and it's still kept up to date. There's still activity on it from like, you know, like, like 11 days ago as we're doing this recording. So I, I think nice. it's cool. I, I have nothing to do with it. I just think it's cool. And it came up in conversation recently with, with, a, with a friend. So there you go. That's my application security tool of the day, 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 day. <laughs> Thank you for the echo. I appreciate that. Uh, you saved me some post right there. Um, so, hey, Jim, if people want to get in touch with you and they want to they book you out, how do they find you on the web? I'm easy. I'm Jim at Manicode.com. So it's J-I-M at M-A-N-I-C-O-D-E dot com dot dot com. Dot com. Sounds Just good. one dot com, not two. Not two? You're not dot com dot com? Not, not, not dot com dot com, just dot com. Okay. Well, Jim, I appreciate you taking time out of your... Your busy schedule? I mean, we talked about it, man. You, you're a busy dude, and you're just uh, ramping back up. So I appreciate you dedicating a little bit of time here. Um, and I will link to your website and to Lemur and to some of those OWASP resources. But just thanks for sharing your wisdom with us. Appreciate it. Preston, thank you for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. Oh, let's do it again sometime. All right. Sounds like a plan. And if you guys are looking for Jim or a little more about OWASP, um, I'll have those links in the show notes. And if you are just trying to figure out what the hell is Preston talking about, bees and wasps, OWASP is the open web. What, uh, oh, I feel so dumb, Jim. Open web application security protocol platform? Project. Project. God, I can never remember the P. OWASP.org. Super cool. I If you are in a near a larger metropolitan area, I can almost guarantee you there's a meetup. Super cool people. Um, if you are looking for community and you're a programmer or a firewall guy or a network person, I, there's very rarely people that in technology that go to this that don't walk away with some cool new contacts and some great ideas. So I highly encourage you to check that out. Um, we will link to Jim in the show notes and thanks for tuning in. Well, I guess you're not tuning in. Thanks for pressing play. I appreciate that. And I hope you're having a great day. We'll talk to you later. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I wanted to circle back around to something you know, a lot of what I talk about is, hey, if you want to do something, just do it. Like, don't don't be afraid. Don't be freaked out. And so I am excited to tell you something that I'm going to do. I have been debating this a lot. And, you know, if you've been with me since the beginning, you know that my passion is really to help people, right? Like, I love my job. I love technology. And I will probably always continue doing that. But nothing really makes me quite as happy as helping people solve problems, specifically when they're like, 
God, I don't even know what to do with my tech career. So I wanted to basically make this announcement that if you're looking for a little bit of coaching or a little bit of LinkedIn advice, hit me up, man. Like I, I would love to help you. Now, I'm probably not as expensive as you might think. Um, a lot of the LinkedIn people out there are super expensive. So here's what I want you to do. I don't want to turn people away just because of cost, right? So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to my website and I want you to sign up. Um, there's going to be a box on there that says about us and down on the bottom, it, there's a contact button. Or if you want to click on the speak pipe thing on the right that says leave a voice memo or find me on LinkedIn, linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Preston Kilburn. Um, and let's get together and let's talk because if you listen to my podcast, you know, I'm pretty damn good at LinkedIn. And I'm pretty good at the passive recruiting game, right? Because you kind of have to game recruiters a little bit. Um, And as much as it's annoying, sometimes you need to go change some words out for some other words on your LinkedIn profile. And for a lot of people, they start doing it and it looks just completely overwhelming. So let me help you with that. So reach out to me if you are interested. I would love to help you. Another thing I wanted to sort of just announce and give you guys just a little a little peek behind the curtains. I am working on a promo deal with um with a company and I'm pretty excited. I can't reveal the name right now, but one thing that I promised you in episode 0 is I won't tell you about anything that I think is crappy. And I won't promo anything that I haven't used and that I haven't used for a long time. Now, relatively a long time. But so I have two tools that I'm really excited about. But honestly, um, I want to verify a few things first to make sure that nobody's getting ripped off me, the company, or most importantly, you guys. So thanks for sticking around and listening to my outro. Again, if you're interested in a little LinkedIn or career coaching, specifically if you're a tech person and you're looking to improve your passive searchability, hit me up. I would love to help you with that. But if not, hey, keep listening. I've got so many guests in the pipe and I am very excited to share them with you. I hope you have enjoyed listening and I hope you have a great day and I hope you're having a great week. Talk to you guys later.